Retail breaches in payment security are getting increased attention from banking regulators, Congress, and the industry. How banking institutions address payment security in 2015 could open new doors for innovation and cross-industry collaboration as merchants, payments processors, card issuers, and payments acquirers find new ways to work together and move forward. Kate Larson, Regulatory Counsel for the Consumer Bankers Association, a member-driven banking group based in D.C., who's a featured speaker at Information Security Media Group's Fraud Summit in Dallas this week, says banks have a lot of products and services to consider, and weighing the regulatory implications for those products and services must be top of mind. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. So, Kate, we have tons of things going on right now, and this debate between merchants and bankers over liability and responsibilities related to data breaches continues to heat up. What is the CBA's stance on the state of retail security, and how responsible are merchants for the wave of recent breaches we've seen? Hi, Tracy. Thanks so much. Our banks are extremely committed to protecting consumer information, especially given the um, regulatory framework that is in place governing our member banks, especially considering Gramley-Bliley and the implementing regulations. That is why the financial industry has some of the lowest amount of breaches, according to the Identity Theft Resource Center, who is a very respected entity, accounting for only 6.2% of breaches and a mere one point. 5% of records exposed. This is compared to 31% of retail and businesses uh, with an astounding uh, almost 80% of records exposed. With that said, we are very committed to um, ensuring that our consumers' information is protected. And in terms of the retail financial services liability and who would be covering the breaches, our member banks with Target alone spent $172 million replacing cards, and that's not to mention community banks and credit unions who also spent $30 million and $40 million in that breach alone. So over $200 million was expended by the banks and the retailers didn't account for very much of the cost. And Home Depot was actually said to be double or triple the amount of records breached. Basically, we're just looking to have a level playing field and have the retailers put some skin in the game. So, Kate, in the last week even, there's been some back and forth between retail associations and banking groups such as the CBA and the American Bankers Association over some of the responsibilities there. And there have been some discussions about more collaboration and having retail groups and banking groups work together. Do you see there being any progress made there or do you see both sides of the discussion kind of stalemating? You know, I really hope that we're going to make some progress on this. I think it's really important to consumers. and We don't want consumers to be losing faith in the payment systems and turning to cash. I mean, that's just not one way that we're going to be able to go about this. We really advocate that we need to establish a national data security breach and notification standard. And it's really up to Congress at this point. We did just send a letter to Congress this week actually advocating for a national data security breach notification standard. And we really are supportive of bills that were introduced similar to the Carper Blunt Bill, the Data Security Act, and uh, we just really urge that Congress take this issue up instead of relying on the kind of patchwork of state laws that are in place currently. Kate, you'll be a featured speaker at ISMG's Fraud Summit this week. What do you anticipate some of the hot topics to be? Well, I think it's a really exciting time for payment security right now with Apple Pay and currency 
and just looking at all the different technologies that are coming out. I know that there will probably be a lot of discussion about those and Bitcoin. And I think that there's a real opportunity here to pursue different technologies over and above the chip and pin, but you know, look at different areas that could give consumers even more protection like tokenization. And I think that there will be a, a good debate around that. You bring up a good point about the tokenization because I, I do think that will be an area that's heavily discussed. Ultimately, this whole notion of devaluing card data, I think, is something that the industry is really struggling with right now. From your perspective, have banking institutions been talking enough about tokenization, or do you think this is an area that we really will delve more deeply into in 2015? Yeah, I think that tokenization is something that we will definitely start you know, being part of the discussion more. I know that Amex started that and Apple Pay. Um, is relying on that technology. Chip and pin, it's our opinion that is not a silver bullet. You know, with the president's new executive order, we just hope that Congress doesn't follow and just will be beholden to a certain technology, considering that there are new technologies coming out and innovations that could be even better for consumers. And we just need to stay ahead of the cyber criminals and the fraudsters um, instead of being reactionary. So Kate, you mentioned chip and pen, which of course is the EMV standard that we've all been talking about. How do you see EMV impacting some of these new products and services that banking institutions are looking at, such as Apple Pay? Well, we do have to make the transition uh, to EMV next year, and so we will be transferring that over. And so, you know, by October 2015, we will have to move over the systems. However, like I said before, I think that we really need to keep our eye on new and uh, exciting technologies and not just stay focused on just the chip and pen. Many banks have already made the switch over there, but um, are still looking to other technologies. And, and unfortunately, some of the retailers have been uh, lagging behind just with the um, point of sale. And so then that transition is going to be drawn out. And what should some of the regulatory considerations be for banking institutions as they're looking at some of these new technologies? Well, we just really want Congress to understand that there isn't a silver bullet when it comes to different technologies and want Congress to be supportive of all different types of innovations. I think it's really important not to regulate before the benefits are completely realized. And I think that it's important to have a comprehensive standard and to really just um, see what happens in the marketplace because we really don't know what's going to be out there in a couple of years. That's a great point, Kate. And I think when we look at some of the changes that are taking place in the industry, there's a number of different products and services that are being reviewed. In fact, um, there have been some proposed changes to Regulation E that relate to prepaid cards as far as the fee disclosures are concerned. Are banking institutions taking some of these things into consideration? And do you think that some of these fee disclosures could have implications for some of these new products and services that we might be looking at in 2015? Yeah, thanks for that. Um, so the field hearing just happened uh, last week regarding the prepaid card. And our banks have been generally supportive. A lot of them have already been implementing the types of disclosures that uh, the CFPB is proposing. So uh, we look forward to working with the CFPB on the proposed rule and the rulemaking as it, as it rolls out. So Kate, you mentioned the CFPB, which is the newest regulatory agency to be part of the FFIEC. And I know that when the CFPB became part of the FFIEC, banking institutions were a little bit perplexed about the role that this group would play. I'm wondering if in this age of data breaches that the CFPB might play 
um, a more hands-on role, if you will, in looking at some of these retail breaches and perhaps could even play a role in some of the oversight of retailers? Is that a consideration, you think? The CFPB authority is pretty well outlined uh, under the Dodd-Frank Act and uh, only pertains to financial institutions and larger non-bank participants. Uh, unfortunately, this does not include retailers. Um, the FTC can regulate some aspects of retailers. However, it really is up to Congress at this point, and Congress needs to act in order to really get the comprehensive threat protection that we need. And that is why we are advocating for a national breach standard and uh, some Congress intervention. And then, Kate, before we close, are there any fraud implications or concerns that banking institutions should be considering in the wake of some of these changes that we could see happening um, from a regulatory perspective, from a reggae perspective, or just in the marketplace generally? I think in the marketplace generally, we really just need to focus on consumers. Like I've said earlier, retailers, we really hope that they will get in the game just because we need to protect consumers. It's, this cannot be a one-sector approach. These cyber criminals are increasingly more sophisticated, and we really just all need to work together in order to ensure that consumer privacy is maintained and we need to really uh, create confidence in the system and only then will consumers have confidence in the payment security and keep coming back and enriching the economy. Kate, I'd like to thank you again for your time today and I look forward to seeing you. Great, thanks so much, Tracy. Again, we've just heard from Kate Larson of the CBA. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.